0: <laughs> Welcome to it, the Pure Opelka podcast for this Thursday, October 6th. Boy, do we have a lot to get to, including a conversation with the Cleveland Clinic's Dr. Michael Roizen. Uh, we're going to talk about a really interesting subject. He sent me a question that was part of a, a group chat. And the question was, what's more dangerous, a global population collapse or climate change? And we'll get into that and some of the interesting research of the week with Dr. Royzen, the health research to help you live longer, but living younger at the same time. It's all part of his new book, The Great Age Reboot. And we have to cover the big news of the day. A lot of you have probably already heard that Joe Biden cursed while he was in Florida. Oh, what a shock. Joe Biden curses. Yeah, he's he's um, he's kind of known for that. And he's kind of known for screwing things up, too. Barack Obama warned us that Joe was capable of that. But there was a uh, an F-bomb dropped on a live mic when Joe was speaking with the Democrat mayor of uh, Fort Myers Beach, which I don't even think is still there anymore. And I didn't know there were any Democrats living in Lee County, or at least not that many. Lee County is where Fort Myers Naples is. And it is one of the reddest parts of the country. In fact, a lot of people are speculating if the population has been driven away by the storm and the devastation and the destruction, will that hurt the GOP's chances in the midterms? I think we're going to find out. But I also think DeSantis, the governor, is working overtime to make sure that, my goodness, those people get. A, not only their electricity and water back and their roads back and the chance to get their houses back but they also have the opportunity to vote and that's kind of a big stinking deal so we will see what happens we'll keep you posted as we get closer and closer 33 days until the midterm elections and uh, wow races are tightening up everywhere and I know Democrats sphincters are tightening up everywhere too as it looks like there still is a strong chance the GOP could take the House and the Senate. And a few things are going to determine whether that happens. Uh, But we should do a little this day in history before we get into some of the news of the day. On this day in history, the Reno brothers in 1866 carried out the first train robbery in America. Trains were suddenly the most popular method of transportation. And it was easy to get on and get off in the middle of nowhere. And there were a lot of people with a lot of money at the time riding those trains. Kind of interesting. In 1889, Moulin Rouge, not the movie, The Cabaret, opened in Paris. In 1926, Babe Ruth set a record. He hit three homers in a World Series game. The first time that was done, the Yankees won the game, but they lost the series in seven games in uh, 1927 now you talk about changing an industry how one event one small shift can change an entire business model in 1927 the majority of the movies being shown as a matter of fact pretty much all the movies being shown were were silent pictures they did not have dialogue coming out of the actor's mouths. They'd say something, but then the screen would hold up a card to tell you what the actor was saying. But on this day, back in 1927, the jazz singer premiered. It was the first talkie. And by 1930, the silent movie industry was gone. Dead in the water. Uh, Let's fast forward to 1961. It was October. Sixth, that President Kennedy was encouraging Americans to build bomb shelters because there could be an atomic war, a nuclear war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. And a lot of people did that. And there were companies that would sell you a bomb shelter. All you had to do was dig the hole and drop it in there. And they were pre-stocked with shelves and you could put your survival food in there. And maybe you all know somebody who's got a survival food supply in their basement right now. On this date in 1973, Israel was surprised by the Yom Kippur attack. Egypt and a bunch of Arab nations attacked Israel and the Yom Kippur war was on. And Israel prevailed eventually, as you know. In 1981, Egypt's president Anwar Sadat was assassinated by... Islamic fundamentalists, his vice president, Hosni Mubarak, became the president, and he lasted quite some time there. And in 1987, Fiji, you know, the people that sell the expensive fancy water in the square bottle, uh, Fiji became an independent republic, leaving the British Commonwealth. Nothing else, really, that I know of coming out of Fiji. But then again, I'm not Fiji focused. All right, the news, the news, the news of the day. Joe Biden traveled to Florida. And he and Governor DeSantis seemed to put the politics on the sideline, even though Joe brought up the climate change thing. And, uh, you know, the Democrats hold belief that if they charge you more for stuff and tax you more and prevent you from doing things, that they'll change the weather. It's not true. But Joe and uh, the Governor DeSantis did give each other pats on the back. Joe Biden said some really nice things about Governor DeSantis that are probably gonna end up in campaign ads, likely for 2024. And I'm wondering if somebody in the Biden administration is gonna get a good talking to about letting Governor DeSantis speak from the podium with the presidential seal on it. Governor DeSantis showed up wearing a sport coat. Joe Biden was in his shirt sleeves. So DeSantis looked like the guy in charge. My dad always said, overdress you can always take off the tie and the jacket but if you need one you won't be able to find it and he was right and desantis absolutely absolutely looked presidential but biden did what biden does he tried to make himself the focus of the visit he was talking about all the destruction he saw and he tried to tie a small fire in the family kitchen in his Delaware home to the complete destruction and devastation felt by people who were hit by this massive hurricane. It's not about you, Joe, but go ahead and try, sir. Go ahead and tell us.
1: I know from experience how much, how much anxiety and fear and concern there are in the people. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck and we lost an awful lot of it about 15 years ago.
0: Not not an awful lot, Joe. Parts of the kitchen. The fire was out in 20 minutes. That's a load of Bravo Sierra. But, you know, that's Joe. We've become used to him saying ridiculous things at a moment's notice. And he did not disappoint yesterday. I already mentioned the F-bomb. I'm not going to play it. We know what it is. You've heard the word. If you've ever been around a high school at the time of recess or when class gets out, you've heard the word. That's just a simple left bomb It was Joe Biden bragging. But what was weird was the very end of his speech shows up there in his shirt sleeves with his uh, his sunglasses, got the aviator glasses on and he takes them off a little bit in the middle of the speech. But when he finishes the speech is when it got weird in
1: California, Oregon, Wisconsin, well, excuse me, Oregon, Washington State, Idaho, down in New Mexico and Arizona then makes up the entire entirety of the state of New Jersey to the ground, gone, gone. And so the thing I plead with you to do, and I'm sure you will, we're gonna get you all through this. You're gonna get because of the grit of all of you. But when you get it done,
0: when you hear it happen
1: somewhere else, remember this is the United States of America.
0: And then he puts on his glasses and he walks away. It's kind of like a mic drop applause moment. But there was a lot of confusion in there, talking about the previous disasters that happened around the country. It it was incoherence on display. The thing I plead with you to
1: do, and I'm sure you will, Yeah, we're going to get you all through this. You're going to get it because of the grit of all of you. Huh? But when you get it done, when you hear it happen somewhere else, remember, this is the United States of America.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It sure is. And thank you for remembering I wonder how the people of New Jersey felt, though, about how you characterized their state. Entirety of the state of New Jersey to the ground. Gone. Gone. At least we didn't have the whisper, the weird, creepy whisper from Joe. There was one shot that showed up that appears to have caught Joe Biden sniffing a woman's hair. It's very uncomfortable. I know. And if you haven't seen it, I will post it on Twitter a little bit later today. Yeah, he's sniffing hair, real creepy. And then uh, Joe had to fly back home, especially after hearing the news that the Saudis and OPEC are gonna cut production by a lot, by one to two million barrels a day, which is gonna force the price of oil a lot higher. The price of gas will then go up. It's already going up again. And on the flight home, Uh, Cringe, Corinne Jean-Pierre's new nickname. Thank you, Chris Plant. Cringe was asked about it. Uh, What is the White House planning on doing to keep gas prices from spiking any further? Remember, we're 33 days away from a midterm election and the control of government is at stake. I'm sure she was ready for this question or maybe not.
2: You said yesterday that we're not going to be considering new releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So what is the White House planning to do to keep gas prices from spiking?
0: So as you know, we've been working on this for months. Uh, The president has made, has made, taken historic steps uh, to keep gas prices down. So here's, uh, you know, so if you, so gas prices, we haven't, we've seen increase in the West and the Midwest in recent weeks because You've seen them increase everywhere. And by the way, I'm interrupting her, I know. But the word historic, you can't just call something historic. Because in this case, the historic steps are dumb. They're historically bad. Draining the strategic petroleum reserves for something that's not an emergency, but an attempt to buy votes, that's historic ignorance going on. But continue she's telling us he's taken all these historic steps etc and uh, she's gonna blame the oil companies
2: right recent weeks because of specific refinery issues mm-hmm. we've called on those refiner Ooh. refiners to operate safely but quickly come Ooh. back online and we've we've been clear
0: and said again today that u.s. energy companies must bring uh, must keep bringing pump prices down
2: by closing this histor- his historically large gap between wholesale and retail gas sorry, prices sorry,
0: I like- so Costs are going up everywhere because of the inflation brought about by the policies of this administration. The costs are through the roof for businesses everywhere. And that means the costs are in in there, baked in there for the oil companies too. So you can't just order them to lower the costs, the prices that they are paying. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Brian Deese, who is part of the President's Economic Council, was over at uh, MSNBC and then over at CNN, and he was talking about the OPEC cuts and uh, what what we're going to do. You know, we've been begging Venezuela now, who has uh, worse dirty oil than just about anybody on the planet. Our oil is so much better, higher quality, and it's right underneath us. We don't have to we don't have to ship it anywhere. We just have to drill for it. We have pretty much all of the equipment here ready to go. But Brian Deese was asked about the OPEC decision and what are we going to do? What are we going to do to have adequate supply? Well, they deflect and they take it away from America and put it on this global situation. And again, the bad use of the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It really is awful.
2: On that point, sources tell CNN that the White House pushed allies very hard to try and stop this slash in oil production. One U.S. official said that the White House was, quote, having a spasm and panicking, their words. Um, CNN also obtained some draft White House talking points this week that called this possible production cut a, quote, total disaster and warned it could represent a hostile act. Why didn't any of this work? And what do you say to people who look at that and say, you have this under control?
0: Now, that's a great question. But why didn't any of this work? Well, maybe because you called the Saudis killers. You really insulted them. They don't forget that quickly. They've been laying in the cut waiting for you to really need them. And now they're stepping on you, telling you to pound sand. I think that's a very popular expression in Saudi Arabia. But let's hear what uh, Mr. Deese has to say about all this. I'm sure he's got a a, a confusing answer.
2: You have this under control? Well, look, uh, we've made our views clear to uh, OPEC countries uh, and other uh, countries. We'll continue to do that. Uh, I think if you look at what this president and our administration has done since Putin began amassing troops on the border of Ukraine, what it shows is an unprecedented effort to rally a global coalition to meet that aggression and say the world will not stand by Uh, on that type of aggression Uh,
0: uh, time out here mr. Deese Uh, yeah Joe Biden's really done great work in preventing the Russians from sending troops and bombs into Ukraine yeah and the world is not united we're sending money and artillery but we're really not doing anything and that's really not the question the question is about this OPEC cut in supply and why can't we use the supply that's beneath our feet? But you're going to keep getting these distraction answers from the administration. We'll use
2: all of the tools. And at the same time, we'll use all of the tools at yeah, our disposal yeah, yeah. No, to have not. adequate supply of energy globally. And as I've mentioned, uh, those actions, including our historic use of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to release a million barrels of the day into the market, has had an impact. Uh, oil prices are down significantly from where they were earlier in the summer. And as a result, gas prices are down as well. We're going to keep at that. And we're going to keep at that while maintaining this global coalition. We have to stand up for, to, to Putin's aggression. And we have to.
0: Yada, 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 yada. High gas prices. High gas prices. Yeah, we pulled back a little bit from that $5 and change from earlier this summer but they're on their way back up and they are still well above, like a buck and a half higher than election day and a buck and a half higher than when Joe Biden took office. And the answer is not the global supply. It's the American supply. How about a little America first here every now and then? How about keeping your own house strong so that we can be strong around the world? That's not what these people are about. Not at all. Amazing. Looking at some of the midterm stuff that's out there there is some interesting midterm news out there. Uh, Kansas is one of those uh, races, the uh, governor's race in Kansas that people are focused on. Democrat Laura Kelly thinks um, that uh, they're going to cash in on the overturning of Roe v. Wade. There's been a huge influx of female voters registering. But now the focus is starting to be on the economy. And on Joe Biden and what his policies have done. And Derek Schmidt, who's running and was debating Laura Kelly, wanted to know, does she think America's better off today with Joe Biden as the president? Her answer is amazing.
2: We
1: are going to make sure that we keep college affordable for Kansas kids and we keep access available and it has to be an every single day task. There is no sort of one answer. But I would say, Nick, while you're finishing uh, being wired up there, this would be a great opportunity for the governor to answer my question. Does she think that we are better off in Kansas and America today with Joe Biden as president? That is about two
2: questions. That's 10 seconds in, in 60 seconds, Laura. Well, I'm Kelly.
0: not going to answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question. This is the way the Democrats respond when asked a simple question. Do you believe we're better off in the state and in the country with Joe Biden and the Democrat policies? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question at all. Why would I answer that question? Well, because it probably is the, the question that would get you absolutely, <laughs> absolutely destroyed. I'm just saying just one of those questions that people would like to know the answer to Uh, this. uh, Derek Schmidt, who's running for governor in Kansas, also is uh, doing something I think is important. If if the Democrats are going to try and make this about Roe v. Wade and about access to abortion, we have to understand when they consider a limit on abortions. Like at what point? 12 weeks, 15 weeks? Uh, Derek Schmidt had a really strong question and an argument here.
1: So well, the governor just spent 60 seconds and a lot of words without telling you any limitation on abortion that she would support. The fact is she voted no on all of the common sense, mostly bipartisan restrictions already on the books in Kansas, limits on late-term access, requirements for parental consent, prohibitions on taxpayer funding. I believe those positions are out of the mainstream. Yeah,
0: they are. He's right. And we need to focus on that. If if you are an absolutist on either side of this, you're considered extreme. And if Democrats are all about allowing abortion up until birth, and in some cases they've said actually after the child is born. We need to put that out there. People need to understand that couple other stories that have caught my attention before we get Dr. Royzen in here. One of these uh, relates to uh, your vegetable garden. Do you have a vegetable garden? We have a healthy garden. And uh, is it the government's business about what is growing in my garden? Well, there's a story I posted on Twitter connects to the uh, free thought project, which is kind of an interesting thing to have free thinking. The USDA, according to the report on the Free Thought Project, the USDA is now asking people to register their vegetable gardens for their database. Why? Why do they want to add me or a local vegetable garden to a national database? What business is it of yours? They're calling this the People's Garden Initiative. Well, the People's Garden sounds more like something out of Communist China than anything else. And I don't wanna be a part of the People's Garden Initiative. The FDA statement says, we welcome all gardens nationwide to join us in the People's Garden effort and all it represents. That's from the uh, Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack. No thanks, Mr. Vilsack. He goes on to say, local gardens across the country share the USDA's goals of building more diversified and resilient local food systems, empowering communities to come together around expanding access to healthy food, addressing climate change, there it is, and advancing equity. There's the other woke phrase. Keep your climate change curiosities and your equity push out of my garden. It is my garden. It is not yours. Uh, the, um, the free thought people are also saying. Uh, again, it is important to point out that the mission statement of the USDA does not involve anything to do with keeping America healthy. So let people grow what they want. Just leave us alone. This really is dangerous. And I I want everybody to respond to this. You need to stand up and say, no, cut it out. I do not want to be a part of the people's garden. The other story that I'm interested in hearing more about, and I think it's going to take us having to sweep the House and the Senate in the midterms to get any real answers on this, is the report that the CDC sat on data covering up the real statistics about people who got COVID vaccinations and had sickness or had complications or had to go to the doctor or had to miss work or are still getting treatment for the reactions. The official data from the CDC has finally been released because of court orders. Thank you. And a lawyer, Aaron Siri, they show that a quarter of the people who got the shot out of, 10 million couldn't perform normal activities and had to miss work or school afterwards. And we know there are people whose deaths suddenly happened and you're wondering, you're wondering what happened. This really is stunning and we need, we must have, we have to demand full transparency, full transparency. The truth is starting to leak out, but we need it all to be out there. Give us the data we're grown-ups; we can handle it. But if big pharma is telling you to sit on the data and not tell the people, uh, we're going to have problems with that. You know who we don't have problems with? Our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic. He usually spends Wednesdays with us talking about wellness, but uh, he was busy yesterday. So we're going to get him on the horn here in just a second. Dr. Michael Roizen with a little health and wellness and an interesting dialogue about what's more dangerous this was a question posed by elon musk what's more dangerous a population collapse or a climate collapse that's next on the pure opelka podcast our buddy dr michael roisen from the cleveland clinic is joining us it's not a wednesday so it's not wellness wednesday but anytime dr roisen is with us it's all about wellness it's all about being younger than your calendar age says and if you got the great age reboot book or you downloaded the reboot your age app you know what we're talking about and if you didn't uh, do it after this discussion don't leave the discussion but do it later and we'll talk about that dr Roysen, welcome back my friend
3: It's a privilege
0: to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm the one who feels privileged because uh, you sent me a pretty cool email today that was uh, this this conversation starter. It was a group email with some of your buddies, some of these intellectuals that you hang out with. And I'm like, what am I doing in this group? These people are way above my pay grade. But I was there kind of like a, a fly on the wall and the discussion, was uh, triggered by something Elon Musk said when he, and I'm paraphrasing his words, saying that uh, population collapse is a greater danger to the world and to humanity than climate change. And I thought, wow, I never thought about that. But some of the answers were really interesting. And I wanted to get your take on it before I get into some of the answers from some of your cohorts.
3: Well, If population change did occur in the way that he's saying, that is population collapse, for example, in China, the low birth rate and uh, greater old age, they now have around 1.4 billion people. They, by 2100, will have under 700 million. So that's a real population collapse.
0: Yeah, that's, that's Japan a is path. under
3: it. The United States stays about even based on the current data. But none of the data that has been done has been presented looks at what happens with longevity. That is none of them that is must did not read, nor did the CBO read Um obviously our statement of what's likely because of the longevity changes that are occurring.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the longevity changes that are occurring, as you said, is instead of living to 70 on average, we think you're gonna live well past 110, and, but you'll be younger. So climate change still becomes a major issue It doesn't go away, but the population collapse. We think that at least for the United States and the developed countries will go away. It may um, take a little bit of time, meaning we think it's a, a 10 years in the future, but we will start to see it every year as people as these new therapies. We've already seen some of the stuff with gene editing already. Um, We're beginning to see it creep in year by year, and that creep will accelerate so that we will be living longer, younger, and that will do away with the problem. So both will be a problem, but we expect climate change to be a a bigger problem, if you will, than population collapse, because we think population collapse is unlikely to occur. Okay. well, I'm of
0: the mind and I I separate these two issues, uh, population collapse and climate change, because I think climate change has always been with us. The climate has always evolved. Now, there are things that we can do that affect climate change. There are things we do as humans that can pollute the planet, pollute waters, pollute airs. But we've been mindful of that, uh, in my opinion, since I was a kid when we started making big changes in how we treated the water in this country, what we dumped into waters, how we treated stuff that was being put out into the air. And of the 25 most polluted cities, big cities in the world, there are zero American cities in the top 25. New York might be number 23, but it keeps going up and down. The majority of them are China and India. So if climate change based on pollution is a factor, it's coming from outside of this country in most instances. Now, population collapse, well, that is a different thing. But your your discussion group brought up something I thought really interesting. And you always talk about how we're gonna have this aging uh, population, but they'll be younger physically. And typically in our society, The youth and the working people, in the younger working people, have supported the social services for people over 60, 70, 80, et cetera. Uh, We're going to have a whole lot of people over 60, 70, 80, Doc. That social safety net is going to have to change in terms of when we get it, because we won't be able to afford it, will we?
3: If you go live to 115, Mike, you're not going to retire at 65 and do nothing for the next 50 years. So um, that's really what the middle third of the Great Age Reboot book is all about, is what policy changes are likely and how do you prepare for them so that you can, if you will, thrive during this period.
0: Yeah, that that is a key thing. And something that uh, we already have a, a great number of people in this country who aren't planning for how they're going to uh, keep their lifestyle up after the age of 65, because Social Security isn't going to do it. And we need a lot of work in educating people in how to plan their financial life after retirement. And if we're going to live a whole lot longer, we need a whole lot more planning. So that's a key thing. And I noticed um, one of the guys on the list here said that, the, we need more people because more people means more possible solutions to climate change. And I asked you, who is this guy? His name is uh, Lineman. Is that who that, that
3: gentleman is? Um, right. He's the third author on the Great Age Reboot book. And he's an economist. He's an um, emeritus professor of economics at Wharton who runs his own real estate investing firm. Um, and consulting firm, he's considered the most famous or the most important real estate economist in the world.
0: Oh, I love that. And he's right, though. He's right that if we have more bodies, more people around, technically more solutions are going to come up. And and I'm all for getting more solutions. So I, I'm glad to hear that America's population will be more stabilized compared to what's going on in China.
3: China No, we- no, no. What- you Mike, yeah, we're all going to get more population, okay if you don't if you if you decrease the death rates as we predict sometime in the next ten years instead of being nine point three per thousand, it'll go to two point three per thousand. and in fact, instead of you functioning as a ninety year old when you're ninety you'll function as a forty year old when you're ninety. The population problem won't be there. We'll have more people.
0: Okay, but didn't you say China could be half of what it is now by 2100?
3: that's what the predictions are okay if you don't have longevity
0: oh i see i see yeah that was my bad then okay so we are going to have a bunch more people so let's talk about some of the things that can help those people let's talk about some of the research you sent i don't want to eat up all our time diving into this very interesting conversation starter and i thank you for including me uh one of the things that caught my eye as we were looking at uh the research you sent about a month ago you and i were talking uh one of my golf buddies uh jimmy was telling me i need to start focusing on lifting weights versus doing cardio workout and he's a big fan of lifting weights and i'm a big fan of cardio and now you have research to tell us what's what's smarter for us to be doing based on actual research
3: yeah, the, the data that we had with real age based on 13 studies was all epidemiologic, but it showed that men get, now I'll just use men, but men get about eight years younger if they do all four components of physical activity and they do the average amount of everything else, women about 9.1. Um, so let me just work on men. Of that eight years, four is just from doing any activity, meaning all activities count, weightlifting, cardio, gardening, walking, anything you do, it's the 10,000 step equivalent gives you four years younger. Okay. Of the remaining four years, about two and a half of it, um, is due to a little more than two and a half, two point six 2.6 years is due to, um, the cardio, and about 0.8, one-third as much, is due to um, weight training. Okay, And that's exactly what they found in this study, that cardio was worth about three times as much as weight training. So you've got that over your buddy, but he'll come back to you and say, but wait, the cardio requires 60 minutes a week, the weight training twenty minutes a week, so per twenty minute period, it's equivalent, and he's right. So you can do um, weight training or cardio, but the the point is that the weight training seems to max out in a twenty minute period. That is the minimum. The maximum benefit you get for minimum work is twenty minutes. If you do sixty minutes. Of weight training, you don't get any extra benefit other than that about 0.8 years younger, whereas cardio maxes out at about 60 minutes a week. Okay. So. Um, he's, he's right with a footnote, um, because, uh, you want to do 20 minutes of weight training, but you want to do 60 minutes of cardio.
0: I'm sorry you said that now we're going to have to edit that part out where you said he was right, uh, before we run this. No, I'm kidding you. Uh, we will have this ongoing conversation. I think it's probably smart to include both because there are benefits to both and you just have to allocate your time over the course of the week and work in around your gardening or golf or whatever it is you're doing.
3: All right. Doc, well, you-, you are exactly right. Oh, good. So you get the walking and the, and the extra benefit from golf for the general physical activity. Then you do 60 minutes of cardio, 20 minutes, three times a week and 20 minutes of resistance training, 10, two minutes set, two 10 minute sessions. And you got it. That's you now done the minimum for maximum benefit
0: and that's what we want we want maximum benefit with the minimum uh erosion of your time and it's easy to do if you just plan it out all right doc i got a couple of questions i'm always interested when you when you include food things and we've talked about processed foods but ultra processed foods have we discussed ultra processed foods and what are they and what should i be eating instead
3: I, I, I shouldn't tell you that the answer is yes, because it means that we've talked about so many subjects, we lose sight of some of them. Um, but in fact, um, the, uh, the
0: oh, point is, is this that anything in a box? Is ultra processed? No,
3: if it's got more than five things on it. So in other words, you can get frozen peas, you can get, um, if you will, fish that's partially prepared, et cetera, the, the, the key point is um, that if it's got five ingredients and a lot of colorings, flavorings, and seems to be created by an industrial complex more interested in selling you something than in providing you with nutrition, that's an ultra-processed food. 60% of the calories consumed by people over the age of 18 in America probably even more if you looked at teenagers, but over the age of 18, 60% of calories are ultra processed. This study showed that it increased your risk of colon cancer, increases your risk of um, dying from all causes as well. So if it's got more than five ingredients um, and it comes in a box or um, in a way that isn't um, as if you got it from... uh, the nature so bread is a moderately processed food not an ultra processed food usually it's usually just the whole grain bread is usually just whole grains and maybe a little um if you will uh yeast and a couple other things but not five so you want to make sure it doesn't have more than um if you if it has more than five ingredients throw it out
0: okay Well, now I know that, ultra-processed foods. Just look at the number of ingredients, people. That's an easy theory. Now, I I also saw this one that you had here. What is MCT oil and is worth the the hype? And I have heard MCT oil from people. I've heard some of my friends are saying, oh, you got to be taking the MCT oil. And I'm like, it sounds like it's... uh, like some kind of um, potion that someone's selling. What the heck is it? And is there a benefit? MCT
3: stands for medium chain triglyceride, and it's supposed to increase ketogenesis. So that's what medium chain triglyceride is supposed to do. It does do that. Um, And on the plus side, it is a healthier oil. On the negative side is it breaks down the blood-brain barrier allowing inflammatory mediators, sometimes allowing excess sugar there. So the point is, um, if you're worried about dementia, if you have a family history of cognitive dysfunction, um, my guess is uh, we should wait till we get data. There just aren't enough data long-term on the health benefits versus health risks of MCT. What good oils are, are extra virgin olive oil, um, and then the omega-3 oils. Extra virgin olive oil is omega-9. So if you think odd omegas, omega-3 and omega-9, that's what you want to use for cooking and eating. Chia seeds, uh, walnuts, um, canola oil, um, and as I said, the The key one, extra virgin olive oil.
0: Yeah, I'm going to stick with that until we get more data on it. One more quick one here, Doc, before we have to go. We talked about low T and getting testosterone tests, and you have to get it done early in the morning in order to get the accurate one. Um, We hear all these commercials about low T and ED, erectile dysfunction. Does low testosterone cause ED?
3: Low testosterone causes a lack of desire and adds to, um, if you will, erectile dysfunction. But erectile dysfunction is more a um, blood vessel problem than any. So it can contribute, but it isn't um, the major source of erectile dysfunction.
0: Okay. Well, we solved that. So I appreciate that. His name is Dr. Michael Roizen. He's with us pretty much every week and doling out great knowledge in the area of health and longevity of your life. And you need to go out and get the Great Age Reboot. Get this book and read it and get the app and get the app on your phone and start tracking yourself. Reboot Your Age is the app. It'll help you and it'll help you start planning to live younger and live longer. So you're living longer as younger. I hope I didn't muddy that up too much, doc.
3: You did perfectly. Thank you very much. And uh, remember, if Elon Musk had read that, he wouldn't make that mistake.
0: Well, we'll send him a memo, but he's a little busy this week.
3: So you'll be you'll be one up on him. Well, you might tweet him and tell him that.
0: I, I'm on it, doc. <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
3: <laughs> Take care. <laughs>